Tony, you hey. want to introduce? You want to introduce this one? We've been recording just because, just because. You oh, we're to... gonna. Are we cutting it off, or what are we doing? No, we're just gonna. You want to introduce our guest that we have? Oh um, yeah, Killian. Episode Dwight. nine, guys. Nine. Episode nine. Bottom episode nine. Ninth episode. Yeah, ninth episode. Killian Duarte, progressive yeah. metal bass player. Yeah. Instagram Instagram guru. He's all over the place. Yeah, he's great. The name the really stuff. more people should know than they do. Yeah. Because that dude is, that dude's going to go places. Yeah. He's good people. Fucking good. He's a good yeah. guy. Great player. Humble. Smart. Smart. Mm -hmm. smart. Yeah. I like I liked talking to him and chatting with him. He was very, uh, yeah. Yeah. That was fun. And I know you got, I, I had, I think maybe I met him face to face maybe once, but I really didn't know him. So it was really nice to just shoot the shit with him. It was cool. Mm -hmm. You know, and thank God he's, you know, him and family and everybody's doing well in these times sounds like he's he's kind of forced himself to learn the home recording which is awesome which i think is a valuable thing for oh man i've got anyway. i've had to do more with it myself yeah. you know i think I mean? it's fantastic man i think um yeah but i'm glad he's doing well and he's okay and he's over by you right tony massachusetts he's only a few miles he's in the next town over uh okay. called linfield i'm in Peabody. they're my neighbors just south That's of me nice. and uh what's funny is he almost lives on the same road as, mm -hmm. like, if I leave my go on out of my driveway into my street, he's like a few miles to the right. That's so. I, I should just send both of your strings to like you, so then he has to come to your house to get him to hang. Oh, yeah, and then he'll be you'll eat me out of house and home, <laughs> which I love doing, you know what I mean? Good. No, no, I want to come, over and, eat, I want to come over and eat. You were saying you had like what you have a backyard barbecue thing that you do with all these people? Wait, Gene is just restoring like this huge grill, oh. and uh, you know, I think we're gonna put a pergola up where oh, nice you know, it, it, oh. back there, and uh, you know, she wants to put a bocce court. So. Oh, okay, I like it. Old like school it. guinea thing. Yeah. So yeah, um, <laughs> where um, I, I love that. That's so rad. This is all started from. I can't believe we're recording this because one place we go to on the Fourth of July. I don't know if they're having their party yet or not. Oh god, go there every year. So we said, okay, well we'll host. Cool. We'll do this. And now it turned into like, oh, we're remodeling our house. You know, it's yeah. going crazy. You know, that's awesome, man. Nice. I need a gig again to make money. <laughs> I know. Well, the gig will start. Well, I just got a message that actually I am playing. I actually am playing a church service this Sunday. It's on. Cool. So John, how's the church services in, uh, out there? Yeah. I haven't heard of any actually starting back up yet. I mean, you know, the thing is, too, is we had, uh, I want to say in April, the governor allowed, you know, they, when she said that, you know, no groups over a certain size to meet and everything. Yeah. Um, churches were given exemption from that, but very smartly, a lot of the um, churches said, well, that's great. We're not going to do it. And even like, um, you know, you figured the Catholic church would have been big on it, but I want to say, I think the bishop, uh, you know, the, the guy that oversees everything in Michigan was like, no, guys, we're not doing it either. Yeah, just in case. Yeah. Safe. Yeah, out here, we've been pre-recording our services and then they stream them but it looks like we're still pre-recording on Friday for some, but then we actually have live services on Sunday. I don't know wow. how many people, but I mean, that's kind of good news, you know? Yeah, yeah. Stuff seems to be getting a little bit back to normal here, you know? When I see talks of like gyms opening up in phase three, and I don't know if that means masks or no masks or what, but you know, I can tell yeah. you, and I'm pretty open about talking about this. I'm not trying to be controversial in any way. I can't see the people out here in the gyms wearing masks. No. I just, you know, mm -hmm. had mentality out here. Um, and I'm okay with it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. Right with it. So. I mean, I can't wait till my hot yoga starts up again, you know, and but I'm wondering what, yeah, who knows? I mean, I, I don't know when that will open up, so. Yeah, it's mountain biking. Yep. So, uh, all right. So we had Killian Duarte, and we have uh, we have well, our yeah. um, we have our sponsors. Yes. yes, we have sponsors. Tell them who we have, Steve. 
We have oh, oh, Italian Italia leather. leather. Italian leather straps. Some of the best straps in the world. Available in Yeah, these are badass. They're incredible. Italiastraps.com. They do custom set lengths if you want. They do suede backing or leather backing. Leather backing. And mine's adjustable. His is custom length. Uh, four inch and two and a half inch. Um, yeah, they're just fantastic. They, they smell um, great. Have they been seen in fetish videos? <laughs> they will love that. They will love that. That's awesome. I'm leaving it in. I don't care. So, just joking. Just joking. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, no judgment knows. here either, though. Who knows? Exactly. But no, they're super comfy and... Um, yeah, they're, they're really good, italiastraps.com. If you go to the website and go to, you, you'll find they usually have a two-for-one sale. And if you get on their mailing list, they always have uh, deals. So very, very great they stuff. They don't mess around. Mike delivers, uh, Michael, you yeah. delivers in a couple of weeks, right? So yeah, he's... two weeks, they, they cut them to, uh, they, they make them to order. So that's kind of cool. I was lucky enough in being in Boston, um, Michael out in Central California, I had my strap in a week and a half. I don't know yeah, if that's always the case, but that worked for me, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. And they've been really busy, which is great. Good. John, can you Good. mention the other sponsor that we're dealing with right now? I would love to, Tony. Our other our, is, a, uh, is a case company that we've all been working with for a while, Music Area Cases. Ba -ba -ba. Uh, yeah. yeah they, are, they are a Chinese company that deals with a lot of the private label, uh, much larger um, gig bag ones out there that, you know, shan't be named, but they've got a lot of the really cool accoutrements that we're all used to. Um, they're super sturdy and um, they're just great bags. Yeah. Tons right. of room. Pocket. Pockets, rooms. I think I'm out of mints, guys. Oh. Oh, man. So the other thing too, this one, I don't know, John, do we have the same one, the green one? Uh, this one's a little bit lesser. Oh, like that's this a lesser. real streamlined. Yeah, and I do have the one that Tony has, but this one, it's nice. So this is a 35-inch scale base, and I have a lot of room. So yeah, this one's this one's, you know, it's a the fender ones are always a little bit taller anyway. Yes, yeah, yeah. There's still plenty of room to fit something else in there. I put 35-inch scale bases in this. All my yeah, level put, are 35, no problem. In I fact, put my multi-scale uh, LTD in here. And that's okay, 34 yeah. to 37. Oh, geez, yeah. Oof. So it, it, like, it was right up at the top, but there wasn't any, um, like, it didn't stretch or anything. Yeah, I'm missing the top food. either. It fits just fine. You don't, don't have, have any, any feta, feta, feta pie? My buddy Frank Facchinos, uh told us what that was called. Remember? He, he I uh, forget what it was. I can't, I'm not even going But to he knew. But he knew exactly what it was. Shout out Frank Facchinos. Um so uh, they have a new website, musicarea.com, and you can order right from there. Check them out. Yeah, yeah. they're great. So uh, we, we like those people. So uh, how about you guys? How are you guys doing? Weekend, any plans for the weekend? Bike ride. Nice, me too. Going to work on the house, nice. check the waves, and uh, play some new electronic drums that I've got here. So Nice. Did, did, did they get there? Yeah, I've got them. I've got them. They're not set up yet, but they're. Uh, I have them here, and nice. they have the spots all assigned, and we're ready to go forward. And uh, just trying to get the Dig Terry guys here, and uh, awesome. yeah, I can't wait to do that. Cool. Sweet. Well, that was a great interview with Killian Duarte. Everybody, please enjoy. And Frog uh, Guru. Frog Guru. Mm -hmm. I can't speak right now. Maybe I'm. Uh, I can't do a lot of things right now. I need some food. I need food. It's yeah, because it's like uh, yeah, three thirty here, my time. So, all right, kids. Uh, Steve Araujo, John Tony Moody, Paleo. oh, and Tony Paleo, John Moody, and we're the big bottom. Big bottom. <laughs> Episode nine, folks. Episode nine. Episode nine. Enjoy Killian Duarte on video, audio, whatever platform you're listening, watching. Enjoy it. And uh, we love all y'all, all y'all out there. And we're still going to hold because we're going to talk shit, but I'm going to stop the recording. So till next time. Bye. All right, boys, we're recording. Let's see. Okay. Okay. Let's see that, Tony. Whoa. Now what? It's a cheapie. It's a cheapie. Okay.
it's a project that I had. This base was originally for my daughter. Okay. Um, it was really cheap. It was a five-string squire. Oh, nice. So, but the body is actually alder and pretty good. Okay. So, Very good. Cool. just sent me some 5% overwhelmed pickups. Nice. And I had um, hanging around uh, a hip shop bridge. <laughs> okay. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I've been working on it. And that's awesome. all together. I, I love those kind of DIY projects. Sometimes they're so much fun. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's, you know, I just, I just uh, stripped the paint. You know what I mean? We're admitting you know? John. Yeah, that's cool, man. John, John, John. Yo. John Moody. I know that guy. Hey, what's up, man? Not much. Just got, uh, just got back. Nice. So, so we're recording. There's Killian. Sorry, my I, I, I just ate and I ate a Ser I love Serrano chilies because they're spicier. Yeah, they're spicier most of the time, and I just <laughs> ate one, and I'm, my mouth is still burning up. We're nice. very serious, Killian. Very serious on yes. this product. Very, very, very serious. I've I've been getting really into uh, Indian culinary kind oh, of hell yeah. Mm. All right, yum yum. Because um, I turned uh, Lindsay, my girlfriend, onto uh, tikka masala. And oh. Really authentic. So when I, I did a tour in England, so unfortunately, I've never had the privilege of going to actually India. Yeah. But England, obviously, because of the high Indian population in there. Well, get some really authentic there was Indian food. One, right? There's one Indian dish that actually originated in England. I forget oh. what it is. Yeah, yeah. There's one that is actually... It's actually a real, uh, an Indian dish, but it originated in England. So yeah, there's a tradition with my best friend, who's a professional sound engineer up here in the North nice. Florida, would get lunch at an authentic Indian family owned restaurant. So um, I am all about that nice, authentic flavor plus heat thing. Yeah, yeah. It but is... it's got to taste good. It can't just be, it can't just be burn the crap out of me till I can't taste. I oh, need... no, no, no. Good have flavor. Yeah. Flavor mm -hmm. Without flavor is just, uh, it's, it's, it's nonsense. I think that like, if you balance the two, like there are some people that make really good oh. spicy food and there are people yes. that make really good spicy rubs and things yeah. like that. Where it's just flavor all around. Excuse me, folks. Oh, yeah, okay. It blacked out. Don't worry, don't worry, <laughs> don't worry, it's just me. But I discovered, so on hot sauces, I discovered a brand new Sriracha Tabasco. It's made by Sriracha, but it has Tabasco. It's... Is it good? Because I don't like Tabasco sauce by itself, but I think with Sriracha, it might. Dude, it is so... I, I, I just bought another bottle because I just finished it. I literally just discovered it like last week. Ooh. It, it has that, because the, the Sriracha has that nice, like, garlicky flavor. Oh, I love it for brick. I'm a big fan of it for actually for breakfast. Food. For everything on eggs. Oh, everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and eggs. the Tabasco. Yeah, and the Tabasco has the vinegar side. So mix those two. It's jamming. Anyway, okay. I'm, yeah. I'm Killian, have you been to Passage of Bangkok in Salem? I have not, but I love Thai food. Uh, it's actually um, it's actually an Indian restaurant. Which oh, is okay. kind of funny with that name, and. Uh, it's a it's a Scottish guy that owns it with the Indian wife. Right? So much I know it's kind of so much it's, it, it, it the guy's quite the character. The food is killer. Is it? Killer. Awesome. Oh my god, it's right outside the historic district. It's fabulous. It's like I, Gina and I, that's our favorite place. I just ate and I'm hungry again. Damn it. Oh. Yeah, Southeast Asian food, I am a, a giant fan of. I just uh, so much appreciation for flavor. Yeah. And the yeah. right balance of heat, and uh, mm. yeah, I, I always love whenever I'm in a in a city with a high Asian population, immigrant population. I'm always like, that's what we're getting. Like I'm on like tour, that. I'm like, yo, if they like like if I'm in San Francisco or if I'm in anywhere in the Bay Area or anything like that, where there's a high influx of Asian immigrants, I always go like, yep, we're getting Asian food because it's nice. absolutely fine. Nice. Yeah, it's it's so good. <laughs> So, Killian, tell us what's going on in your your life right now. How are you dealing with the present situation? You know what? I got to be very grateful for just my situation in life. 
Um, so I got my health, which is the first thing, which, you know, appreciate, you know, for that. And then on top of that, it's been good in the sense that I've been having a steady stream of students. Um, I'm very fortunate enough that enough people care about the fact I do the Woodleys, that they want to learn the Woodleys from me and the slappity slappities, the tappity tappities, the somebody somebodies, and the, all the other uh, descriptions above. So and do you also show them how to speed it up on uh, Instagram too? Oh yeah, yeah, dude. I, I <laughs> probably know how to hack that stuff, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's so fun. I literally like, it's, it's, it's amazing because like I literally go like, guys, I'm too ignorant to know how to cheat. Like I wish I could, that would make my life so much easier if I could just like knew how to like be like a video master and like cheat all that stuff. Right. Um, but things have been really good, man. I mean, like I honestly, like, like all everyone else in America, we're dealing with the repercussions of it uh, professionally. Um, the Scale Summit record is delayed because the vinyl company, we're finally going to get it. But the, the problem is that all the vinyl, it's a double record. So remember vinyls when they were double albums, it's way more money. And when you're doing a double pressing, it's like super kind of, especially because now it's not black vinyl, it's special edition vinyl, which so people will pay more for it, but it has to look like the Star Spangled Banner and it has to come with special packaging and the whole nine yards. So it's awesome to be making money off of vinyl, which is funny being a younger band, younger meaning in like the sense that like when vinyl was huge was the seventies. Um, but we are still waiting on that and a couple of other things. COVID now, is, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, did the, um, did that one lacquer plant in California, the fire there affect the, uh, the, uh, the record more so than current situations or is it like a combination of both? I would have to say that it might have, um, what was the date when that fire happened? I was not aware of that happening. I want to say it was something maybe like January and it was one of like the only, like one of the three lacquer plants in like the world that still made the lacquer for the pressings. Some of the a other- A lot pressings. of masters were lost during that time. A oh, lot of masters. Oh, man. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it did because literally the week that COVID became a national headline, mm -hmm. I got the email being like, hey, so you're- several thousand pressings, limited editions of them are going to be delayed because of COVID-19. So obviously I understand why a factory would want to, like GHS would have to limit the amount of employees there. But just immediately upon that, I think that it could have been that. I don't blame them. Of course, if you have a pandemic and a supply chain issue, we're not mad with them at all, in any capacity. You know, they're right, making a sure. product that has to be kind of we're selling at $50 a pop or whatever it's going to be in the final run. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that didn't have an impact. Like it, I, I'm, I'm sure it probably did. Uh, now, now that I know that that was actually a series of events that occurred. So it's just like less surprise. The surprise meter goes down. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, and um, apart from that, you know, uh, the abiotic record is had to be delayed because we can't have contact. So like I have learned throughout this pandemic, how to self-engineer and self-session. Um, you know, I didn't go into music knowing how to be a sound engineer. Uh, but I'm sure a lot of people <laughs> went in there being like, well, the sound engineer is a profession, completely autonomous, but you could be the best bass player in the world. I'm sure if I gave Lee Sklar a dot, I mean, like I'm assuming, but I'm sure that like when Lee Sklar was doing, uh, you know, I don't know, a session with uh, Lyle Lovett, like, you know, he'd be like, hey, there's a guy behind the console. He's, he's doing the fader thing and I'm doing the bass thing. Um, and good for, <laughs> good for him. And he's a, a genius in every capacity. Um, but uh, I've had to learn how to do that aspect of it. So uh, unfortunately the abiotic record has to be, we're on a label we're on the artisan era. So our drummer, Tony, who's a professional sound engineer is going to be doing the whole record. So we've had to wait because my editing, my expertise, it's up to a label standard now, like professional label standard where 
they can't rely that Killian maybe did the crossfades wrong <laughs> and still pay out. So uh, we had to wait a little bit on that, but yeah, things are, things are good. I have my health and I have my students and I got my bunny rabbit and Lindsay. And so. <laughs> nice. What did you use for bases on the, that, on those, on those records? Um, yeah, that's, it's a very diverse question. So for the skills summit record, I exclusively, it ended up being, I brought a Vader six with a PJ combination and my JB, the, the fade finish one, the transitional one. So what ended up having, I did everything on the jazz base. Um, yeah, so I did everything on a uh, five string multi-skill jazz bass with single coils. And it worked wonderfully. I mean, again, jazz basses have the reputation they have for a reason. Um, I really am such a big fan of how Mark and Jeff Kiesel have revamped their pickup line. Um, I think since it became Carbon into Kiesel, and having Jeff and his father. Uh oh. No, oh, did Killian freeze? He froze. He froze. Oh no. Diesel artist wasn't originally that big of a fan of Carvin Electronics, but the Kiesel Electronics are fucking fantastic. Cool. Really? Yeah, and it was awesome just plugging in there. Um, you know, we went DI for the record. Um, the reason why it's a double record is a, a thing I can't talk about, but it had to involve a lot of guest artists that I had to kind of work that magical middle ground between technical and pocket, or not pocket, supportive and technical and kind of do that narrow trench between them. That's and an art form in and of itself. Yeah, because there's, um, especially when the music gets more technical, but you have more guest artists and more layers, the trench narrows and you, the, the art is finding out that beautiful middle ground between that where you are still making things interesting, but you're not overplaying. Um, and then for the abiotic record, I am using my Vader 6. Um, it's the red one with the radium humbuckers that's tuned to a standard and I am actually going to be getting in the next couple of weeks, hopefully in the next two weeks, this I ordered it in early March is another vanquish multi-scale like Corgi base, but having it's going to be with single coil pickups and that's going to be set up for the abiotic record and just be a metal machine for that. And then, yeah, those are the two that have been like the primary movers of the big, the bigger releases. That sounds great. You know, I heard you mention PJ. Uh, John, Steve, and I are like, we've been on PJ fanatics lately. <laughs> oh, yes. I, I'm sure the light's not great, but oh, there, it is. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, it seems great. Yeah, yeah. This this little base. Um, is so wonderful because unfortunately, apart from certain wedding dates that I do and th certain theater dates I do, four strings, I don't get as often the privilege of using, but for theater gigs, this is awesome because the key pickup on this, the split coil, is so aggressive and wonderful. And then the back pickup, I can do Fusion Town and it's, I, I get it. Cool. Is that a short scale? No, it's a full 34 inch scale. Okay, nice. Which model yep. is that one? This is um, the second Zeus base they ever built. Headless. Yeah, and it's okay. it's it's a it's been wonderful. I do this a lot for teaching as well because a lot of my students uh, are primarily four string mm -hmm. players. Nice. And um, you know, I, I always try to give a little homage. I'm a big fan of '70s jazz bases. Like I love. Yeah. And in that pickup spacing, uh -huh. so um, that's why the the block the black blocking lace. Yeah, yeah. I think they're, they're so, such a classy look. Like, uh, I grew up a big fan of, like, Getty Lee. And yeah, man. So that look, so when they told me, like, what do you want for the fingerboard? And I go, like, you can get me those black block inlays. I'm like. That's cool. Now, who's got the first Zeus? Is that Ben Jones? Ben has actually the original. So the cool thing about Ben is that 
that bass was so when Jeff does the first one, uh, it's by hand, and then he has to CNC and they laser do the whole thing to check the schematics of everything. So Ben actually has the first one, and I think I'm number two or three. Nice. Only a nerd knows that stuff. <laughs> super nerd. Hashtag super nerd. True. What uh, what DAW are you using, Killian? Um, because I'm a total newbie, um, but it's also what my friends use, and they're educating me along the way. I'm using Reaper. Nice. Oh, dude, there's I've got guys in LA that do. That's what they do pro sessions with is Reaper. They On export it. it. Yeah, they export it as a Pro Tools file if it needs to go, or just the stems. Dude, Reaper is the shit. Some of the most impressive sessions, so the Mimesis record, which is another band I'm in. Yeah. Um, if you looked at the stem file, the session project, you know, you're talking about 200 files yeah. for like how epic it was. Mm -hmm. And Reaper handled it like a boss. So one of my people that is educating on this is my drummer mm -hmm. um, and sound engineer friend, Anthony LaSimone. So Anthony is the owner of Zen Beast Media in Lemonster, Massachusetts. And, uh, he does a bunch of stuff. He just did stuff for uh, Casey Sable. He does a bunch of stuff for Scale Summit. He does, in the, that prog world, he does all audiovisual. He, he's in a, a bunch of bands. He's my drummer in Abiotic. But he always was my regular recording engineer for a lot of stuff. Yeah. So he's been kind of being like holding, he's like dad holding my hand being like, how do I cross fade the edits? <laughs> uh, but it's been working. Like the DIs are yeah. good. I, I sent a bunch of professional stuff in the past week and a half that like had to be up to snuff mm -hmm. or like I couldn't simp it out. And uh, the people that received the files were like, this sounds great. Great job. So I was like, <sighs> but we'll poop in, poop out. But back in the, when it first came out, I, I used it when I was like back in the nineties and Reaper, oh, that, that, yeah, or late 90s. It's, it's been around for a long time, man. Yeah. Kakos, right? C-O-C-K-O-S. Kakos.com is the parent company and Reaper. And, I, and it's super lightweight, but it reads VSTs. It reads, it's the shit. It's an amazing program. I'm, I use Logic now, but I have no problem with Reaper. And it's very intuitive because I'm a dumb shit. I can't do fucking Pro Tools. I, I'm dumb. So... I don't think you're dumb. I've just met so many professional sound engineers. I mean, people who I know are certifiably like genius level intelligent. Yeah. That say that when they use Pro Tools, they want to smash their dick in a car door. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's very, basically, to, yeah, it, it's just, it's not as intuitive. It's amazing, it's powerful, but it, it's just not as intuitive. And I, that's why Logic and Reaper are like my, those are the go-to, man. What I've found is that there's a very uh, close connection between people who use Reaper and Logic. Yeah. Never people who use Logic and Pro Tools. Like Pro Tools, people <laughs> are trained in a certain way. And the compatibility, because I've met people who are gods on Pro Tools. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, on Logic, they're like, what well, button? Those press, are the, what button press make good? Those are the people that like Digital Performer also. If you like deep, yeah, yeah. like Pro Tools, because the environment is literally like, it, I don't know. But anyways, that's awesome. I, that's good to hear, man. Reaper rocks. I love it. Shout out. It's a great your, uh, your Reaper analogy almost reminds me of the people that, um, that are super smart, but then when they, like artists that try to use um, Photoshop, <laughs> it's, it's kind of the same thing. It's just like, you're looking at being like, uh, and then every time they uh, put out a like, oh, we have a new version. It's like, all right, you're going to learn this whole program all over again. But, you know, it's, it's very true. Um, my father is a professional graphic designer down in South Florida. And, uh, you know, the man's almost 70 years old. And he's been using Photoshop since like 1992. Wow. Yeah. He moved to yeah. the in 1991. Wow. And yeah, I learned in uh, college on Photoshop 2. Well, I remember my dad, literally when he got Adobe, like it was a binder full of yeah. floppies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd get mm -hmm. the floppy and it would be, I remember day a day, like I remember being a little kid and he'd be there with the Mac computer that he had, 45 minutes he'd go and make lunch. Yeah. It's yeah. Stage two. I, I remember all of that, but yeah, like, and, and even now he's like, oh yeah, so they got an update. So this poor man has had like, 
almost 30 years of update. It's been broken by it already. So it's just like, all right. For me, just a program. This is what we do in Soviet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For me, I love so I you know a, a Premiere and you know all that. I could do all that, and then I started doing trying Photoshop, and it literally. But now I'm okay. I'm decent. But I've been in that creative cloud for a long time. But yeah, you're right. Photoshop was a huge mystery. I could do all this other shit, and Photoshop was like this. I don't get it. Now I get it. I still right. suck at it, but I get it. <laughs> Learning curves, man. I, I I say that like I I, I I mean that's the one thing I I am very fortunate. We are all very fortunate to live in the DIY age. Yeah. But man, sometimes when you're just in the room with an expert that just goes like, hey, I'm an engineer. You're a bass player. Just play bass. Don't worry about the DAW. Yeah. It is such a kind of like, oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. Dude, do you want anything? That's usually want my world. You, I mean, I've gotten my chops up a lot the past yeah, you have. couple of months. You know? yeah. Diving in Luna a little bit every day, right? Yeah. How's Luna going, by the way? So Luna reminds me of uh, Studio One in some mm -hmm. regards. Right? Okay. I think there's some similarities to Studio One. So I, Pro Tools to me was a little. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, and then there's people like my, like Joe Filoni, who's like, was like one of the first guys on it, like, you know, version one, so to speak. And he's so smooth and in it. So. Oh, it's amazing watching a person that's just like, it's like watching a samurai do their sword forms Dude. on a we're like crossfade edits. It's all the shortcuts. You have it all. Yeah. Shortcuts and you're like, teach me, senpai. Teach yeah. me your ways. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the drunk kid who's hitting himself with nunchucks. You know what I mean? So <laughs> in the nuts. Big, <laughs> giant mood on that one. Man. Oh man. That's so fantastic. Yeah. And uh what DIs do you usually use, Killian? Um Honestly, bless up to Douglas Castro, patron saint of, of Shred. Uh -huh. uh, the Neural DSP, the Parallax one. Okay. Um, I was very fortunate. So Zach Corey, the artist relations guy at Neural DSP, had hit me up personally. Be like, hey, I want you to make some overdrive presets for the Parallax. And at first I'm like, oh, dude, what an honor. This is so cool. And inside my brain, I'm like, I'm not a sound engineer. This is, uh, I need help, 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 help. I need an adult. Um, but what I did was a compromise was because I know what sounds good when I record in scenarios. And my engineer friend, Anthony La Simone, who owns NBS Media, is a professional sound engineer. He's reamped a million records. He knows everything. So we were able to come up with a line of presets that were the right balance of aggressive and sits in a mix. And it's been so wonderful working with his presets because it's the ones I've used on recordings that I know that professional sound engineers have used with me to sit in mixes that are the right amount of dirt, right amount of treble cut and whatever. And it's been perfect for that. And it's not because it's my preset, it's because I had a friend that showed and took the time to help engineer it with me. That's been wonderful. So the Neural DSP Parallax has been for sessions, to be completely honest with you, it's been more metal and prog. Okay. Uh, uh, during this COVID thing I had to do, it's launching this weekend, but I did a concert with Angel Vivaldi where it's all pick style stuff. And I used my five string and uh, my other six string, the, the one in drop tuning for a bunch of his old songs. Okay. It was the first time on a big professional project I had to do it. And thankfully, thanks to Neural DSP, the plug-in tone was just, I tweaked nothing and because the pickups on both bases even though one was a single coil jazz bass and the other one was a double humbucker they're both the active room so the circuits are pretty similar so the gain staging and the gain adjustment wasn't too drastic so it was just a matter of just like little little adjustments that i could handle and then sending the stems with the dirties and drives and you know, learning how to edit things and uh, it and was fun. Is that, is that a plugin or is that your actual DI? How do you like? Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I thought. Uh, oh, no, it's okay. No, no, that's interesting. Oh, did you just create the IR for that, for the DSP? Um, 
yeah, so it was a bunch of presets that Tony and I created for it. Um, but yeah, neural DSP. So you, you, I thought you were asking about plugins. Sorry. No, no, no. That's okay. No, no, no. But but you're using them, and then that's that's like your main plugin that you use. That's kind of your preset. Yeah. So for DI, like if I'm going like super just like clean base. Yeah. Ironically, I'm also using another Douglas Casper product, which is this. Oh yeah, yeah. Cool. That's it's, all the dark glass stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So what I do is I'll just plug it into my interface. Mm -hmm. I just use the overdrive and use sure. it for. Uh, the thing that I love about it is that there is a cab sim in here. That's a, that now that takes IRs too, right? That's the one that takes impulse responses that you can load in. Yeah, that's badass. It's so badass because like the cab sims everything. It sounds like I've like literally have the box with the cab. Okay. So you know, for someone like me that does not have the resources nor the education to do that, dude. You're like, and, and and all that stuff is dark glass. That's dark glass is the company, correct? Just to give them a shout out on the. Okay, yeah, absolutely. So so neural DSP and dark glass are sister companies. Okay. Uh, dark glass makes hardware, mm -hmm. which are these things, and neural okay. DSP is the software. Oh, okay. Same so company, they, different names, just different. Okay. Yeah. So, so uh, Douglas Castro is the CEO of both. Yeah. And then the overdrive and the sculpting is in both the software and the hardware. Cool. And they're uh, uh, European based? Like he's they're based yeah, Helsinki, Finland. Helsinki, Finland. That's right. Nice. Yeah. Was he at NAM this last year or no? Yeah, yeah. Yes, he was. Okay. He's usually at NAM. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I chatted with Douglas a little bit at NAM. He's kind of over it being hanging around all day and stuff like that. Like he's, you know, the big. Aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> No. I kind of eat it up. I won't lie. You know what I mean? I'll take that energy right here. You want more people coming around? Sure, fine. But it, it's not exactly his thing. And that, I mean, we're all different. So, yeah. He's a very much one of those people. I'm, I, I have a lot of friends like that that are just kind of like very cerebral, very much into their work. Big crowds make them anxious kind of people. But uh, he's, he's a man, uh, very supportive. Um, cool. I had I had gotten a win to that. I was playing Euroblast 2014 in Germany mm. um, with Felix Martin, one of the artists I used to work with. We're playing the main stage in Cologne, and you know I had to go. You know it was when the band was much younger, so all of a sudden a guy who was in a sister band, like a friend's band, was like, "Oh, dude, like I go like normally I use Overdrive, but I don't have my amp. It's all backline." And, and also, it's a festival in Europe, so it's like boom, 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 yeah, set up. Quick, yeah. We didn't have a bad spot. It was 4 p.m., which isn't like maybe kind of like we had a full room, but the problem was it was like, hey, don't, you know, hush, yeah. you know, quick, quick, quick. And my friend goes like, dude, plug into this. And it was a B7K, the original ones. Oh, yeah, okay. It's fucking killer. And I'm like, oh, dude, you fucking rock. His name was Wayne. We played in uh, Jerusalem Stahl's musical endeavors. And so in front of this crowd at this festival in Germany, uh, running into the full stack, I was able to hear it for the first time. And I'm like, wow. this is what I always wanted. Nice. And so luckily it was, um, you know, at a festival, like in like this huge thing. So the first time the, the you know, the set starts, I hear my bass through the monitors and it just sounds beastly as hell. And like that right, no low end loss. That was the problem in the, in the early 2000s. A lot of those, or here's a problem. They had the drive, but then there was such a gain boost that it was unusable yeah. if you ever wanted to play clean. So if you had a section that was clean, you, you were, but if you were um, actually wanting to do, have something with good gain staging, it was impossible. And I remember, playing that first festival. Luckily, it was a big festival in Germany with that pedal and I fell in love immediately. That's cool. Nice. But you don't lose the low end with, with Dark Glass, which is nice. Not at fucking all. It fucking rules, man. That's what I like about them. You know, that's I play Gypsy Jazz. I tell people, as I go like, and I tag them on all my shit because it's the real deal. I play Gypsy Jazz gigs in restaurants with my NS going into... Uh, my cab in a microtube 900 i just don't use the overdrive but it's that it's the most transparent amp i've ever used i actually prefer it i actually got a call for it's a theater gig where i had to use arco nice and 
the, the dark glass stuff was the most transparent amp I had, and it was perfect for all the Arco stuff. And, you know, I get it. They market it for metal guys and that. But what Doug has offered in the Microtube is literally a completely balanced, completely yeah. a power amp, which for people who like the sound of their basses, who like the preamp, the pickups they've chosen, is perfect because there's a lot of really good amps, but then they color the crap out of your tone and you have to re-equalize afterwards. So I've played most of my jazz gigs, all my Duran Duran tribute gigs out of a dark glass set. <laughs> I, um, I did a demo with the 600, which I liked when it came, first came out, and the 210 cabinet. And I was impressed. It sounded, that was good. Really good, man. Solid as hell, you know, reliable. I'm a big old fanboy. And by the way, I just wanted to do a, a little fact check. Uh, Reaper was 2006. So not as early late nineties, but still, yeah, two thousand six was when it came out. So that's still way longer than I originally thought it was. So and it's an acronym for Rapid Environment for Audio Production, Engineering, and Recording. Whoa. Anyways, so I just little, the little shooting star, the NBC shooting star. The more you know, <laughs> that's what I'm gonna put there. Yeah. So anyways, just a fact check. I had to do it. Had to do it. But yeah, and then string wise, what do you use? Yeah, man. Uh, thank you to Mr. Moody. Um, yes. All right. I'm, artist and I'm very proud of that. Um, I am using the last tail. This one right now are the progressives, the last tail of the original version of them. But I've transitioned mostly for session work to the Super Seals. And yes! It's my go-to! Well, no, I got a big reassurance. I was watching Lee Sklar's uh, YouTube channel. Uh -huh. like, what, what strings do I use? Because like, I use super steels because they're the shit. And I'm like, yeah, they are the shit. <laughs> I love them. If, I... if, if bass Merlin uh, sanctifies them, then like I'm just like, can't <laughs> use. Yeah, bass Merlin. yeah I, I, uh, I, I think, when did I try them first, John? Like last year sometime? And then I forget. Last, yeah, last spring, summer. Last spring. And, and then I just was like, these are, these are kind of, these are rad. And I, that's, so curious, yeah. um, Killian, do you prefer the, the uh, Super Steels over the Progressives? To be completely honest with you, I prefer the Super Steels. Um, they're both fantastic strings. Yeah. I think that the thing that I was talking to John about this is that um, the way that they make the initial core, uh, even on heavier gauges, so like surprisingly, this is 45 on my G. But even that's with what I use. <laughs> Like I, I can still shred and go ape shit on it um, because the core itself is made in a way that is very malleable. So uh, it, it never feels like a telephone wire yeah. in any capacity. So if I'm playing pocket stuff, if I'm playing fancy stuff, um, I never feel like I'm fighting the string. I've definitely played a lot of brands where sometimes it feels, even if it's a light cage, I feel it's stiff. Like, and you feel that a lot when you're slapping or if you're playing heavy pick style stuff, playing normal finger style stuff, you don't necessarily feel it that much. But if you're doing stuff where you have to dig in more. I like the tactile feel of my fretting hand on the steel. That's what I like. I like a little bit of, I, I just like that little roughness. On fretless, I like nickel. What's that? A little bit of drag. Yeah, it just feels solid. But I well, do like nickel on fretless. I don't know. The, uh, the thing that's nice about the super steels too is that they do have that little bit of grit that makes you feel yeah. like you're playing a stainless steel string yeah but it's not like roto sounds where you feel like you're cheese grating your hands there's nothing against roto sound i think that roto sound actually makes a really high quality string yeah. the difference is that every time i've ever had a roto sound string on my bass one my hands smell which is weird afterwards you're like i thought you remember one person to smell your hands but you're like i smell pennies <laughs> uh, yeah, like anytime. and two, it's just the, even me that I got calluses up the wazoo, like my hands are used to it. But like even then, like sometimes I'm like fuck, dude, like yeah, the thing is made out of like it's literally a cheese grater on your fingers. Um, where the super steel still have all that top end, you're not losing any of that nice clear bell like clarity. Um, but it's still got that texture, but you're not also chewing up your fingers. And it, the core itself, again, uh, it's very slapper friendly. It's very pick style friendly. And uh, 
Yeah, I love it. And it's not just because John's here. If he wasn't here, I'd still say the same thing. It was just, um... We'd be talking shit. <laughs> I mean, you can talk shit to my face. I, I know. <laughs> hey, I, I have exactly a Nothing to I, me. Yeah, exactly, right? Um, well, Rotos die off kind of quick, I find, too. Okay. Like, they sound great when you first put them on, but like... Yeah, like, yeah, Rotos been like a week later, I'm like... Hmm. You know, who, who ate spaghetti Super on the I will say this. The Super Steels have a really good shelf life for uncoated threads. Yeah. Uh, and it depends on your funk fingers. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm super jealous. There's a couple artists that I work with that like have the driest hands ever. I the last my strings last, yeah. For I mean literally months, year, almost a year. And they're still like bright. So fortunate. So Angel Vivaldi um has super dry hands. Yeah. Uh, he did an album on a pair of strings. Now think about that. A shred guitar album. Oh yeah. And just did the on, whole a, thing. on a single pair of strings. That's insane. When you're going oh, yeah. eight alternate yeah. picking, sweet picking, yeah. doing rhythms, every rhythm like and I was like, What do you mean you have it? He's like, Oh, I saved every pair of strings I've ever had. He goes like so he has literally a pack of I don't I forget what company he was. It says images and words. And I go like, What do you mean? He goes like Oh yeah, that pack of strings was the entirety of the tracking of a hour and a half long record, and I'm like, that is fucking bananas. And I, like, I mean, I'm in the middle ground. I'm not Mike Pope. If there's, if anyone's ever met Mike Pope, Mike looks. Oh, at a dude. String. Mike looks at a pair of strings and he they just die. Yeah. He even I, said, I, I played his bass. I did a show with Mike back in September. And yeah, I remember. Bass. And it's like, dum, dum, dum. I was like. Put this Madeira back. Thank you very much. Yeah, you know, he's a fantastic player. But even yeah. he said, like, he goes like, if if new strings are on a bass, my hands will murder them within. He was looking at my lull, and I said, if you really, really want to try it, you can, <laughs> but only if you really, really want to. And he goes, oh, you know what I do. I go, yes, I do. <laughs> well, I have a really close friend that will kill strings, and I don't let him play any of my basses unless I'm getting ready to change them. Because he literally will just kill him. And he rusts his bridges, too. Oh, weird. Okay. So anything he touches and the metal and the, the screws on the pickups, like anything that's metal will literally rust. My guitar player in abiotic, Matt Mendez, he's yeah. like, Matt's had an amazing, like, Matt's wonderful in the sense that like, he's such a quiet guy. And then he'll go up on stage. Like, literally, all he loves doing is just, like, <laughs> hanging with his friends, smoking weed, and playing tech death. And like he's on stage, his presence is so good. He's so clean on stage. He has an Ivan as RG that like he had. So I bring this. I was like, I was like helping him restring a thing because like, what the fuck is up with your bridge? He was like, oh, dude, bro, I'm gonna have to swap. This. He eats the bridges because especially when you're playing tech death. Yeah. Um, is there and he's like, oh yeah, dude, I fucking I gnarly fuck fingers. So I I have a question. So the progressives are what are they? They're not they're nickel or what? What are they? Nickel iron. Nickel iron. Okay. All like right. So I always tell people it's just like an alloy. Just explained it. It's just it's neither uh, neither. It's like the it feels super special to me, man. Like yeah. Just, I want to try some again. Uh, I, yeah. When, so there's a new version coming out, right, John? At some point. Okay. Yeah, I want to try some of those. And okay, and so not to hog, but the other phenomenon, Killian. I don't know. But ever since I started using the um, the Super Steels, they sound better the next day. It's weird. What are you guys uh, laughing at? Are you guys laughing at the progressives? No, Tony and I got a good inside joke going yeah. from a couple days ago. Nice, nice. Anyways, so the Super Steels, they sound better and brighter the next day. Even if I'm playing, I change my gig. And the next day I play, I'm like, oh, shit, these are, they sound better. I don't know. No, weird. Be your ear is relaxed after a gig? My ear's never relaxed. <laughs> no I, I don't know it's because like going in the recording studio like i was you know last week, at, I'm like, yeah I but i'm at, relaxed afterwards like the next morning i'm like oh i could hear things brighter it's no but it, like, just, it just happens all the time anytime i change them i play them at home and i'll play a gig and then like the next day i'll have another gig and i'll play i'm like these sound better than they did yesterday anyways i'm just saying it's cool i don't mind it but it's magic. very very well like so on my it's magic, yes. Scale, purple bass. So when I did the Scale Summit record, um, I've had those on 
that base for like two months and I haven't been slapping the shit out of it. So like there's bases that when, I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> COVID, oh, they yeah. my Instagram bases, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> real, I, I have my bases set up for gigs, for the real world, for sessions, things like that. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, a lot of them have like, so for Instagram videos, I, I a lot of times go more ham than you would at a theater gig. You're not playing, yeah. playing gospel or whatever. You're not going, you know, like, doing that shit um so uh the strings sometimes die a little faster when i'm going on a bass that i use only for flashy shit sure Um, that bass god it's been two and a half months since i changed the strings on that no even before that it's before covid and it still sounds nice with me kicking the fuck out of it bc19 that's what we're gonna call it before covid19 Dude, right? If, if your strings lasted BC-19. BC-19. Do you have a spreadsheet when you change your strings? Um, I don't, but uh, I'm fortunate enough to have a ton of basses. Um, What's that? Unfortunately, what? I, I'm fortunate enough to have, like, a lot of basses, so that would be a pain in the ass. I, Tony and I do. Well, do you, John? Do you have a, a spreadsheet? No. What the? I don't have a spreadsheet. <laughs> Why not? Tony, I, I have. Spread- I, I will. I will say. Actually, it's kind of that. Um, what's that? Uh, you know that old saying they say of if you want to live in a house always with half finished products, um, marry a construction worker kind of thing. Uh, they, they do. They build stuff all day and then they never uh, never do it. So I am really really bad at changing strings now <laughs> because I've worked there for seven years. So I mean, honestly, too, it's like my Hilton like sounds awful right now. And it's because the strings are dead. And I, I look over to it. And I'm like, yeah, I should probably change the strings on that. Yeah. yeah, but this other one's got newer strings. We'll use that for right now. Yeah, yeah. I just get some bases. I get a lot of bases in and out. So it's like, I, that's, I just have to put it because I'm like, oh, when did I change these? What are they? And then, okay, what are the, on, what's on these right now? So anyways. Steve inspired me to create a spreadsheet and keep track of them. It's not a bad idea. I just, I, I never thought about it. Like, luckily, thankfully, because um, I have a couple of friends who are uh, other brand artists that shall not be named. It's yeah. a, a brand that oh, kind of embraced oh. recently. Hmm. And like every week, they're like, fuck, man. Like, I get my artist rep, like, sends me this many, and I've already nuked all of them. And I'm like, but like with mine, when John sends me the, the amount that I send, like, it actually does last me a while. And then this is with me gigging with me recording with yeah. me um I, I the real test was it was on the last tour i did which was a full u.s tech death tour opening up for suffocation um playing insane shit in lighted venues where you know it's it's not for the faint of heart it's me going absolutely ape shit sweating on stage doing that and my super steals, like, I would change them every, like, on my jazz bass, like, every six gigs. Yeah. With, for tech death, when you're playing, sweating your shit off on them. <laughs> and that was just to keep it at yeah. super nice and even. If I wanted to, I could have kept, if I wanted to be really lazy about it, it still would have sounded excellent. Uh, two pairs of strings on each bass on a, a almost 40-day U.S. tour you know, playing insane music where I'm going absolutely bonkers on stage and the dynamics are, you know, brick on the accelerator pedal. So that's where I knew, like, when uh, it was thanks to Tony, I got in touch with John, but it was uh, when I went on my first real, like, longer tours where I'm like, okay, like, if these strings suck, well, we're going to find out real soon because, you know, I'm going to be sweating like a pig on stage, especially June tours and... uh, they last as long as you just do a little wipey. And you're good. Yeah. Uh, Killian, did you uh, go ampless on that tour? Did you just use the dark glass pedal? It was awesome. It was the first tour I did completely DI. And thanks to the cab sims and everything, it worked really well. We were fortunate enough to have a sound engineer with us. I do not recommend doing DI if you're using apps, guys. Did you do uh, in-ears? No, monitors. Oh. But he, oh, was, he, he already had – so the reason why it worked is because, like, he had our presets already set up. Sure. Like he did a flash drive being like, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and then literally the time that was a transitional period because we were all amplis the guitar players used kempers mm -hmm. backing tracks drum boom 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 yeah. and bass he would know and he already kind of knew what i liked in the monitors cool so he would already kind of flatly be like yeah. of this and then we would adjust for yeah, so micro adjustments depending on the venue and the gig it yeah. was awesome. where if you know your set and you're a road dog yeah it was great um his name uh for anyone looking for amazing sound engineers when this stuff hits out uh his name's tyler fritzel he's incredible uh shout out free and uh art Checo and uh was it it's periphery and a, a bunch of it was a big ass fucking tour but he was the art check sound engineer he's the man that definitely helps because all of us have our gripes and our nightmares with uh idiot sound people <laughs> and it's just really nice when you get somebody that's competent and and really understands you and yeah a, a, a good front of house good monitor guy that's so valuable i mean it just makes everything easy man fine wine it is yeah it really you know and it makes everything it just makes everything go so much smoother man. one piece of advice to all that if you are an ampler situation 100 percent, it has to be your own sound guy to some degree in there yeah or it has to be or, i will never do another gig where it's ampless and no it the sound's not mine you know yeah, what I mean? I've, I've done a ton of those it just depends on the the person and they know their sound system. Oh my God, I had some nightmares last summer. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It can be a pain for sure. I will say this. I still prefer at least some signal on stage because Push the right there. I, I, I will say like, I, I, I'm lucky enough to have some good earplugs. It's right. not all bullshit. It's, it's much better than that. Yeah, yeah. Feel it on stage. And also because like sometimes you don't want to be completely reliant on the system because here's the thing <laughs> yeah. venues can be a little sketchy sometimes like and even good venues so like it happens man famous venues dude like so sunset strips right the roxy and the viper room oh okay the viper room immaculate mm, i could eat off the stage amazing the roxy middle ground the whiskey a go-go the dumpster fire yeah <laughs> Man. you'll be like i'm playing the whiskey a go-go and i'm like that's gonna sound like shit man <laughs> and you're like wait what are you talking about dude that's the most famous venue on the sunset trip it's gonna yeah, sound those monitors are from 1984 they still have fucking motley cruise piss in the middle <laughs> yeah absolutely man <laughs> it's things you like the more you learn and well, i mean i had my pedal board go out last summer at a show oh. like just talk about not our sound man didn't know what to do yeah i'm like never again you know so yeah that's just me 100%. If you're gonna do amplis have another person like being a quarterback make sure your wide receiver is someone that's gonna catch the ball <laughs> yeah right 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 you know you gotta have some sort of safety net you know yeah so what's that what's that strap is that one of those fire hose straps yeah man um it's pretty awesome honestly um cool it's a fire hose it is literally a fire hose from reacquisition from 1970s san francisco fire department hoses so that's rad ceo his father used to be a former firefighter mm. and just because you know there's a surplus of those and there is you know because of government regulation which is for a good reason, there's a certain amount of years where the hoses are allowed to be in commission. Sure, yeah. Afterwards, so like you don't want to be at a fire and being like, oh, it's 20 years old and then it bursts a leak or whatever. Leak, but it's yeah. really sturdy. I mean, that's to have whatever insane amount of PSI of water shooting to save people's lives. Yeah. Actually, the fabric and whatever, it's pretty damn good. And it's cool because they're very adjustable. Me being a midget, um, I'm 5'6" person sorry politically correct um, what's, the name of the, what's the name of the company we can give them a fire host strap fire host strap all right there you go so um as someone who can't play a lot of the taller guy straps which apparently they uh a lot of strap companies assume that you're at least 5'10 
<laughs> I have to use guitar guitar straps specifically for that, Killian. Yeah. But it's good. Um, it just keeps my forearm posture and my left. That's cool. It and looks cool too. They're they're sick. I mean, like they yeah. feel great. They're wide, which is nice. So yeah. So I'm transitioning for all of my bases to eventually have strap locks. Cool. So most of my touring one. So this is not one of my touring bases. This is a stay-at-home one because I don't. You know, I, I love playing fours, but most of my four string gigs are theater gigs, so they're sit gigs. Yeah. So I can do it, but like my like stand up rock out ones, they all have Dunlop strap locks. Hmm. So um, eventually, I'm gonna transition and get all my straps to have strap locks and, and, and replace the buttons as well. Uh, but yeah, for like these types of ones, these are awesome. I, I mean, this would be awesome with strap locks. It's just, yeah. It just happens to be, but it's great because it's short. So when I'm teaching lessons, when I'm doing theater gigs, it's just the right length. I'm not having to like, not fighting anything. And yeah. it's great. Cool. So what are your plans after COVID before we wrap everything up and, you know, and see what's going on? I want to know what you plan on doing after like say phase four. Man, um, a lot of album releases. Uh, Gail the Summit record has been done since last August uh, due to family losses, um, the management changes and COVID and then the uh, vinyls being delayed. That's been delayed now since August. And it's been quite hellish just because of the guest artists that are on there. In my opinion will be the difference between of my career being at the level that it is and on a whole other level. So it's kind of like knowing that you're gonna, the way I can describe it in the best way is like the, imagine you're a little kid, you know that one of your like uncles is gonna give you a check for like a certain amount of money that will like actually help you substantially, like pay for college or whatever. Um, not to say that I'm that confident about the success of the record, but it's just, it's a different paradigm shift in the band. And like, you know, Gail got famous touring with Dream Theater. You know what I mean? So we're not some like little dick act. We just played Mexico City with Leprous headliner in March of last year. So for us to take this much time off is the longest time in the band's career. And especially with this big paradigm shift in the guest artists and what we're going to be doing in the shift of direction. It's been this emotional torture of having this amazing present in your lap that you cannot open. It's like a, like a Christmas gift. Mm. So when that comes out full that the abiotic release, which on its own genre, even though abiotic is, I mean, there's still very substantial. There are metal blade records and all this stuff. Um, will be its own thing. We have a ton of guest artists for this. So I was going to come out this summer just fucking fist punching, being like, take my content, motherfuckers. Yeah. Like all my bands, take all the things. And COVID's just like, hey, Killian, you want to wait? And, um, you know, being an adult and being grateful for the things, I got to wait. But it's really going to just be bands yeah. releases the big picture. Because as much as I love social media and making videos, I grew up to make records. Uh, I wanted to make records. I want to release records. I want to tour the world. And so having that all be on the brake pedal is a little discouraging, but I have the fury of like a thousand sons to just be like, let's go. So the second that record's out, I'm just going to be like, throw it out, Tomahawks throwing. And then nice. with the abiotic record, just tour until I can't stand up and <laughs> release content we're, we're, I mean we're, luckily we made up for time the scale record already has like four lyric videos ready we've got guitar playthroughs we have I'm, I'm in the current process of writing the bass tab book for people like it just sucks it's all on hold but really honestly once the second I can and it's safe for people especially people I have people in my family who you know people that's the, the misconception they go like oh they're reporting deaths as COVID and it's like if people had other things i go like well covid just is the lubricant towards their death that's why it is it's literally they would have survived or they would have lived a much longer life but this is just kind of like the thing that kills them and um you know the second that i'm not endangering those people anymore and that it's safe and that we can all gather and do this yeah i just have like 
uh, like an ammunition storage shed fortress filled with content that I want to just. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come out, man. Yeah. And how about your, your social medias for people? Where can they find you? Yeah. Thanks guys. Um, so for me personally, I post all the time on Killian Duarte base at gmail.com, uh, Killian Duarte base on Instagram. Okay. Um, and website on Instagram. On Instagram, how about a website? Do you have a web page? Yeah, I do actually. I don't update it that often, but it's yeah. killian.com. Okay. A bunch of links to like all the music videos, all the stuff. I still do lessons on there. Then still keep in, in check with Abiotic, Scale the Summit. Um, what do you call it? Ladder Math. I'm literally, that's one of my smaller bands. Uh, but uh, we're still in the process of recording the record right now with that and then just uh yeah just keep chugging along man just nice. set. that's Rock. awesome and i'll i'll put all that stuff in the uh you know i'll put links to your bio and links to all that stuff for sure so people can find you they will find you thank you well yeah. thank you for having me it means a lot dude absolutely brother so mm -hmm. yeah man yeah so at this time I do not end the meeting. I just stop the recording and we stay on and we talk some shit afterwards. So let me not mess up this time. Cause the last time I totally effed up and I, I hung ended up on everybody. I hung up on everyone this time. I will not. So everybody out there, Killian Duarte rock. Thank you so much. Really means a lot. Thank you for being on here. Thank you so much. It means a lot guys. It Thank really. Thanks guys. All right. Big bottom crew out. I'm stopping recording.